0: Okay. Welcome to the week ahead with Chuck and Rachel. Chuck, how's it going? Hey, not bad at all. Um
1: Monday morning I made it in and uh you know, no complaints. How about How about How about in Milwaukee? How are things there?
0: Uh it's definitely fall here, and I'm not excited about that, but are that's you, all right.
1: You know, my kids were complaining about the weather and how it was chilly and I'm like it's, you know, it's 45. It's going to get a lot colder, so Buckle up, kiddos.
0: Yeah, I remember when you picked me up at the train at like two a.m. and it was freezing, <laughs> and you were wearing shorts. So I don't know. You're clearly, cold-blooded you have person to, at heart.
1: <laughs> you have to embrace it. I think. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I'm I, I I might have mentioned this last week, but um, I know uh, we've had some inquiries from Alaska. And I've never been to, to come speak in Alaska and I've, I've never been to Alaska and I've, I've always wanted to go. And, um, the dates that, uh, that got sent to me, like, could you make, uh, were in February? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, do you really want to go to Alaska for a minute? I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I really do. I think that would be amazing. Now I would love, uh, we had some, inquiries uh last year and it never panned out from hawaii and i mean there's another one of the 50 states i'd love to see um, yeah maybe hawaii in february would be better than alaska but i don't know i'd i'd take alaska too
0: <laughs> definitely <laughs> uh so on that now where were you this past week
1: um well last week uh i went north i had to bring my passport and uh, was in first Peterborough, Ontario, and then uh, in Toronto. And I have to say, I I brought with me like a dozen books. I I just throw some books in my bag, and sometimes people want them. And it actually didn't wind up in in Canada where I had any chance to 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 sell any books or give anyone any books. But um, when I went through customs, they have this thing where they ask you, you know, are you bringing any merchandise for sale? And you know I'm an honest American. I you know so I checked yes, and when they check yes, they send you through these like really strange line, ask you all these questions, and then I had to go like three different people, and then at the end I got to this guy who said, "Okay, what do you have now?" I said, "Well, I've got like a dozen. How much are they?" And I'm like, "Well, they're like you know five bucks a piece," and he's he's like, "Okay." Next time you come to Canada, like this, this is not enough to even fill out the paperwork. And I said, I, you know, <laughs> do you want me to lie? I said, I, I didn't want to lie to you. I mean, I'm entering your country. And he's like, no, no, not lie. Just, just don't like next time, just don't bother with this. <laughs> so I kind of felt like, uh, I got off on a strange foot there in, in Canada, but Peterborough was fantastic. What a great little town. Um, really nice place, and uh, you know we we packed we packed it on the curbside chat the the first night I was there um, very enthusiastic, lots of people uh, the next day I spoke at a wastewater conference, which was kind of fun too uh, kind of a blast from my past a little bit. Uh, then we drove to Toronto and I had a, a I had a workshop with a staff. Which we can talk about that someday. That, that every time I interact with staff, it's always fascinating. And I'll, it was good. I mean, I had a good time and I, I met some people there who were very intelligent and there's a lot of neat stuff going on. But it's always fascinating to me because at 431, the thing was supposed to get over at 430. At 431, I was literally the only one in the room and. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay. <laughs> I have not, you know, I'm not a government employee. Um had to find my wow. way to my hotel. Yeah, it was just it was weird. Um but you know, it was fun. They've they've got some interesting projects they're working on, but I think um uh, I'm I'm just not cut out for government work maybe. Um <laughs> the next day we had though this really great it was the Toronto Center for Active Transportation put on a conference is talk about complete streets and boy, I gave the transportation, the next American city uh, presentation and it was, it was huge. I mean, they had practiced doing standing ovations at the beginning, uh, which like the MC said, you know, if something great happens. I want you to stand up and applaud. So they were a little bit primed anyway. Yeah. When I got done with my talk, I got a standing O and, and they were enthused. I mean, it was like, yeah, this is awesome. So, I felt I felt like the message really struck home with an audience yeah, at the right time uh, with the right message. So it was pretty cool. Um, then I went to Peoria. And so back to the US, Peoria, Illinois, uh, they have a – I can't remember what they called it – global cities. Um, they basically brought a bunch of people in from around the country. And so there were some really interesting people there. Uh, They gave us a tour of some of the neighborhoods that are are struggling, places that they're dealing with. The the impetus of this was they have a combined sewer problem. So Mm. their their wastewater and their stormwater run together, and that causes some really nasty discharges into the river during rain events where essentially you get sewage-laced stormwater. Uh, you know, running out into the, into the, the water and the EPA has been on their case to fix this. They're looking at, they had a proposal to like go big pipe and it was very, very expensive and would like do nothing to improve the city. And so there's an initiative there to use green infrastructure and basically be like a, a tad bit thoughtful <laughs> about, about how you go about fixing this environmental problem. So they brought, uh, Doug Farr uh foreign associates he's the current president of the cnu uh myself there was uh, about nine eight or nine other people from around the country that they brought in to kind of look at this problem tour some of these neighborhoods ask some questions and then give a series of public presentations i gave a talk at the noon hour they had a panel we met in some groups and brainstormed ideas and then in the evening i gave a, a curbside chat And it was a real, it was a real great conversation. It was very productive and I learned a lot and I really enjoyed meeting these people from all over the country. It was a, I think a great way to take a day and highlight some possibilities in in a city that in many ways is kind of struggling, but also has a, a ton of potential really.
0: So that was last week. What are we looking forward to this week?
1: Uh, well, I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm going to the, to what has been said to me as the most beautiful city in North America. I think that was on a Strong Towns podcast earlier. Actually, wow. uh, yeah. Our board member, John Reuter is from Sandpoint, Idaho, and he, he was interviewed once. I think both times he's been on the podcast. He's made a point to point out that. Sandpoint is the most beautiful city in North America. It, it's a gorgeous place, and this will be my third or fourth time going to Sandpoint. Uh, I just love it there. It, it, it is very, very – I mean, it is it is gorgeous, and I just like Idaho anyway. Uh, the Idaho chapter of the American Planning Association is having their, their annual get-together in Sandpoint, uh, and I'm going to be keynoting their conference. So on Wednesday, I'm going to head out there. I'm actually meeting John at the airport in Spokane and we're having a member meetup Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to be doing this and then, uh, on, on Thursday then giving the, the talk and then heading back to Spokane because of a little, uh, scheduling snafu, let's say, um, <laughs> Uh, you're aware of like the staff turnover we've had and, and, and all the complications that sometimes come with such a thing. Uh, I was informed, oh, I don't know, three weeks ago, uh, that I was scheduled to speak in South Bend, Indiana on Friday, this coming Friday. Mm-hmm. And if you know uh, US geography, Sandpoint is one of the more remote places in the country and yeah. it's, it's quite a ways west and south bend is actually quite a ways east uh on the other side of the of the uh, of the country and getting done late uh on thursday doesn't give a lot of time to make it to a noon presentation uh in south bend so i'm actually getting on uh one of those i'm i'm flying from spokane to seattle and then taking an overnight flight to chicago and then in Chicago, <laughs> I'm meeting our Jason, our colleague, who is going to assist me in driving to South Bend. And we've got about two hours of wiggle room in that schedule. So hopefully everything runs on time and, and everything works good. And then I'm giving a keynote on Friday at the, uh, let me, it's the, um it's a joint conference between the Indiana chapter of the American Planning Association and the, the Indiana Association for Community Economic Development. Uh, They brought us to Indianapolis last year and wanted to come back and and do a a bigger presentation at their conference this year. So I'm going to do that on Friday and maybe then Friday night I'll sleep. So (laughs) now you're going to, you're, you're you're giving a talk this week too, right?
0: Yeah. If anyone is in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area um, can come on down. There's a, a local women's college is having a, community conference one day event um, and the topic is sustainability so I'll be talking about walkability um, with a couple other interesting people on a panel with me so uh, yeah that's Friday morning
1: awesome are you gonna are you you, did you mention that you're gonna try to record that or not
0: yes um, I think if everything goes well we should have a video uh, recording of that and we'll put it on the website hopefully awesome Yeah. Um, so really quickly, I'll give a shout out to our newest members this week. Um, and apologies if I don't pronounce your name correctly. We have Patricia Wyant from Elkhart, Indiana. We have Lily Byer from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Jennifer Smith, uh, from Rockford, Illinois, Brandon Hubbard from Ottawa, Ontario, Vicki Berenberg from Frankfort, Kentucky, Bob Holt from Peterborough, New Hampshire; uh, Patty Gay from New Orleans; and Jesse Lacey from Syracuse, New York. Wow! Uh, all over the place. That's awesome.
1: That is awesome. Thank you. That that that's fantastic. And I, it's it's really cool when I get those names because they they come across my inbox too, and to look at the 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 locations. Um, you know, I mean, we we have members in every state now, and it's really fantastic. But it's cool when I'm, when I've just left a place and you see people who go to the site and become members and it kind of makes me feel good about the work we're doing. But then when you get the, the, the person from like New Orleans, like I haven't been to New Orleans for three, four years, love to go down there again. And it's just so cool that we're reaching people in places um, where I'm not even going, you know, you or I, or anyone else is is not going to speak. It's, it's just really cool.
0: Yeah, and with Jason on board here, we're definitely amping up our member activities, webinars, things like that, so we can look forward to those. um, I can't wait. In the coming months. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the blog this week, we have a lot of our usual uh, posts, and um, we'll be featuring a wonderful guy, Steve Hinneker from Wisconsin, um, who's going to be writing about transportation funding. Um so I'm looking forward to that yeah, in the participation we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna of be, our Madison event.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna we're gonna be in Madison. When is that? That's uh um next week. That'll right? be
0: starting next week, yeah.
1: And we're having a, never
0: stops. <laughs> we're
1: having a member meetup uh next Monday. So Steve is kinda like <clears throat> previewing uh Wisconsin for us on the blog, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Chuck, tell us a little bit about your post from this morning.
1: Oh, about the, the <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Okay. This is about the, the way engineers deflect criticism. La- okay. Mm-hmm. Last summer, I, I had been collecting because, because people send me all the time. And I mean, since then, I, I probably get one of these every, I don't know, week to 10 days. Someone will send me a story, uh, about kids, children who are killed walking or biking. And, this is obviously one of the like most horrible tragedies you can imagine. Um, I, I had gotten a, a number of these. And the thing that um, just made me angry uh, – I mean, th- these stories make you kind of feel sick and queasy. But the thing that made me angry was how we responded to them because we largely responded to them with public service announcements – and, uh, you know, kind of a, a little bit of hand wringing and maybe send a cop out and do a little bit more enforcement. And it, it just seemed to me like this is wholly inadequate and silly, really. I mean, it, it, it was just sad and tragic the way that we were responding to these. So I, I wrote an article and it talked about. And if you've listened to the podcast, you can go back and hear the, cause I did a podcast on the same thing too, about gross negligence and, and essentially what the legal definition of gross negligence was. And, and I made an argument that when we design places solely for automobiles uh, yet, we know because we put sidewalks in and, and other things in that people will be there outside of automobiles. We're actually being grossly negligent as engineers when we don't take that into consideration. And do things like slow down traffic speeds to where they're safe for people. Um, this created a, I don't want to say fire. As much as you can get a firestorm on Reddit, uh, I started getting bombed by people on Reddit who, cause this had gotten shared there and in some engineering forum. And
0: mm-hmm. these guys
1: all started kind of piling on. And I went and I discovered it after it was kind of a mature thread. And I just started responding to them and I kind of thought, I'm just going to see if I can outlast these guys because the stuff on there was, was really crazy. And I say, guys, it, I don't know if it were all men, but it sure came across that way. Um, so, so I, I, I responded to them and took really like a whole day and just kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, uh, During the course of that, I kind of realized that these are the same arguments I hear over and over and over again. So I've had this thought in the back of my mind, and and this weekend I actually sat down and reread all those comments and put them into a list of the five ways that engineers deflect criticism, the five ways they go about basically negating people who have critiques of the approach that they're taking because really I got all of them on there. I mean, the initial threads and, and some of them I think have been deleted now. I think some people took them off, but you know, the initial stuff was well, who's this guy. He's just a dumb planner. He's not an engineer. He doesn't know what engineering is. And then I'm like, no, I got a PE degree. You know, I've got a, I've got a license. Sorry. Um. So it was like the list of those things. and And I just wanted to put them out there because I think we need to talk about them. And I think by highlighting them and talking about them, hopefully we can move beyond them and engineers will stop using them and actually start engaging in what I think needs to be a more constructive dialogue, particularly at the local level.
0: Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I I enjoyed reading your post a lot. I think it'll be helpful well, for future.
1: It's one of those that I, I think, you know, People could look at it as clickbait because it is kind of formatted in the uh, what's the the BuzzFeed style, you know, where they put yeah, like the list style. Yeah, the list, like you know, five things that uh, you know your girlfriend says to whatever, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I, like I see those all the time, and they're just like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm skipping over that. Um, but this this dialogue did kind of lend itself to that. As I'm going through it, I'm thinking, okay, well. I hear this one all the time. I hear this one all the time. I mean, my favorite is we, Oh, that's the, it's the police department. We should just have more enforcement and, uh, Oh, it just drives me nuts. So anyway, read it. I, 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 I took it seriously and I hope other people do as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the final question for this Monday is have you done any good reading lately?
1: Um, well, yeah, you know, I I was working on that book, The Selfish Gene. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and I yeah I, mm-hmm. yeah I finished it this this week. Uh, what what a mind blowing trip. I mean, you know, I I realized that genetics is seems to be like far afield from the stuff we talk about here, but I I just I, I find the whole notion of these complex systems and the way that they you know iteratively uh seek like the the most optimal solution just fascinating just utterly fascinating and as the book went on and got even more kind of into examples you learned about these species that that have essentially as a way to further their own genes i mean the whole premise of the book is that the genetic code is, is the selfish thing that the genes are what are essentially trying to find their way into the next generation. Um, and, and you get all these examples of essentially how animals and, 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 you know, plants, but for the most part, animals act in these incredibly altruistic kind of ways and, and cooperative ways, uh, not, you know be, not because they're altruistic themselves but essentially because cooperative approaches are actually in often cases the most optimal ways to ensure that your genes get passed on mm-hmm. and in some ways it was really um, in some ways it's kind of you know harsh and depressing because you realize that you know there's there at the, at the at the base of it there's a selfish motive for a lot of things. But on the other hand, you realize that altruism and the ability to work cooperatively, uh, while it may selfishly benefit, for example, for humans, it may selfishly allow us to send our genes forward into the future. It also has a lot of implications for how we are kind of wired uh, to work together, to work cooperatively, to, you know, put aside uh, what would benefit ourselves in the very short term and think more about what would benefit everyone in the long term. And I, I don't know, I, I found it to be a very uplifting book. I, I really loved it and I highly recommend it to everybody. Um, this week I, I started, The Economist this week has a series about the dollar and kind of the the weak foundations of the U.S. economy. And this is a subject that I'm really, really interested and passionate in, and, and I've I've struggled sometimes with the Economist because I I like it, I like getting my news from foreign sources, um, but I don't always agree with them on some of these bigger economic things. And I'm I'm excited to read because it's a pretty big spread they did on this topic. I'm excited to read that. And then I started David Levinson's book, The End of Traffic. Mm. Um, professor Levinson is, was my professor in graduate school, a guy I really, really admire. He wrote this book with uh, another professor at the university of Minnesota, Kevin Kryzik, who I've, I've met, but didn't have, uh, he, he came there after I was, uh, was graduated, but I'm going to have professor Levinson on the podcast. Um, not this week, but I, I think next week is when that show will be, uh, to talk about that book. So I started digging into it and it's, it's also very good. I mean, a very, um, I'll say this, it's a, in the beginning, they say they want it to be readable. Like they want people to be able to, to dig into it. And, uh, it's, it's really intelligent. It's got a lot of good information, but it's, it's very accessible. It's a, it's a really good book. So.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. I think that wraps it up for our podcast today. Thank
1: you.